Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Our Lives in Medicine. This episode features Jesse, doctor of chiropractic student and future chiropractor. Jesse has always had a passion for helping others, and lucky for all her future patients, she discovered the best way for her to help was through chiropractic medicine. In addition to being a student, she is a highly decorated athlete, having played various sports nationally and internationally. She is also well-versed in nutrition, yoga, and mobility, and is a great role model for those pursuing chiropractic medicine. She is an amazing and super intelligent woman, and I hope you enjoy the episode. And if you do, please feel free to share with others. Also like us on Instagram at Our Lives in Medicine. Comment on the things you enjoyed about the episode and things you'd like to hear in other episodes. And as always, if you need some good beats to study or get some work done or just catch some good vibes, listen to the intro and outro and check the show notes for the artist shoutouts. I hope you enjoy and hope you have a great day. Jesse, current doctor of chiropractic student. How's everything going, Jesse? Good. I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being a guest. I appreciate it. No problem. What are you up to on this Sunday? This Sunday, not doing much. Planning to work out later, do some spinning. I really got into spinning recently. Um, since I just finished school a couple of weeks ago, we're on summer break until. Um, end of August, so I've been taking a couple courses, just business courses online, so I might check some of those out today. Oh, sweet. You're off till August. Yeah, super nice. Wow. It's my last summer in a way, because this coming year, I'm going to go into my third year at the end of August, and right after third year finishes, we go straight into a 12-month internship, so kind of no more of a, of a break. Yeah, no more. That's unfortunate. It's cool to get the next step started, but those breaks are always so crucial. I'm going to miss those now that I'm in the real world. Oh, yeah. It's like a incentive to go into academia just so you have those scheduled breaks, you know? Yeah, I know. They're so important. I think everyone <laughs> really needs a break, especially studying something like in the medical field, in the health field. It's so like insane, the amount of things that you need to know and the volume. So a break is definitely needed. 
So second year, you just completed, that's still kind of more the academic portion of your training? Yes. So okay. for the first to third year, it's more like academic training. You're kind of um, more in lecture and you do get some practical hours, but it's not until you get into your fourth year, that's a 12 month internship. And that's when you're um, more faced with um, patients for the entire year. Okay, sweet. So are you excited for that? Or are you still kind of enjoying the transition? A little bit of both. Like I'm very excited that I'm going to be able to step out of the classroom to really like interact with patients and like get more hands-on because that's kind of what, one of the reasons why I went into chiropractic. I'm really, I like to be hands-on, but at the same time, I'm also a bit nervous because you're going from in the classroom to seeing patients. So that's a big change in my opinion. Yeah. But you know what though, at least from my experience, it's as soon as you hit that that you know, I, I think you probably have something similar where you do a couple patients here and there, but the majority of your time right now is spent in the classroom. But once you switch over to all patients, it's so great. It's like you remember why you got into it in the first place because it's easy to forget when you're just studying all day. You're like, why did I do this again? So Yeah, um, I'm really excited. I hear I hear the same thing from a lot of upper years too, that they mentioned the kind of the same things as you just did. Okay. So I'm sure it's the same for everyone. It's like you're sitting in class all day, every day for a year or two. And then you're like, all right, I don't want to do this anymore. And then yeah. you realize once you get the hands-on experience again, you remember why you did it in the first place. So you're almost exactly. there. Yeah. Almost there. You're like the day you finished second year, you're more than halfway there. So that's every day that goes by, you're closer and closer. So I know almost there, almost there past halfway now. Exactly. You wake up every day on break and you're getting closer. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it's really, it's a really neat and humbling experience, I think. Yeah, I mean, I feel like any professional school program is, like you said, very humbling. For most, some people get a bigger ego out of it, but I feel like <laughs> for most of us normies, it's uh, it's definitely a, a humbling experience because everyone around you is smart, everyone around you is driven, and you know you have to push yourself in order to even maintain status quo. So it's it's definitely a cool experience for sure. I completely agree. I remember when I first started school at the chiropractic school on that, um, I remember thinking, wow, everyone here is so smart and everyone's like on the same page as you. And it's just a very humbling experience knowing that in the future, you're going to be able to help people using the knowledge that you've learned in school. So I think that's really neat. Yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely true. And it's cool. I'm glad I'm excited for you. You know, you're, you're like on your way up. So, um, are you, you're in Canada, correct? Yes, in Canada, in Toronto. Sweet. Like, a quarter of my classmates were from Toronto, specifically. Well, from Canada, specifically, and, like, half of those were from Toronto, so that's oh, pretty cool. Oh, awesome. Nice. Have they mentioned any positive things about Toronto that they miss? They all love it. Um, the only thing that they don't, don't love is the fact that, <laughs> so they come here, and we make fun of them for being Canadian, and then their Canadian friends make fun of them for, they call them like Trump lovers and everything else, <laughs> so it's like, oh. they, uh, they get it on both ends, like, I play video games with one of my friends right. online, and it's like, he and I, and then his Canadian friends, and they all dump on him <laughs> about being like an American, and I give him crap about being Canadian. So it's uh, oh, that's <laughs> it's, funny. They can never get a break on either side. Then no, both borders are just coming at him, and he's just like, I hate all of you. So, <laughs> that's um, too funny. Yeah, so it's I feel bad. I, I can't relate to that, unfortunately. Uh, luckily, <laughs> but I think I would crack under the pressure. So I'm glad he's stronger than I am. <laughs> um, are you from Toronto originally? 
Yes, I've been Toronto my entire life. Yeah. All right. First thing, let me. Am I saying it right? Is it like Toronto or is it Toronto? How am I supposed to say it? I feel like a lot of people outside Toronto. So I personally say Toronto. It kind of just like rolls off the tongue, and you just say it really quickly. Toronto. Mm-hmm. But I find people outside of Toronto really like to enunciate every single letter. So they say Toronto or Toronto. <laughs> but Toronto. honestly, it's, it's whatever you want to say. I say Toronto. Okay. I, I yeah. like to say Toronto just because it flows, like you said. But I'm trying to be, I want, you know, if anyone from Canada listens, I don't want them to be like, this guy sucks. So I want to say it right. Um. You say it very proper. That's, that's what it sounds like. You say Toronto, but we kind of just like Toronto. You just like roll it off the tongue. All right. So for the sake of uh, professionalism, <laughs> I'll say Toronto, but how I really say it is Toronto. So okay, no worries. it's kind of it's kind of like here. So I say I'm, I'm in North Carolina. I say it like that on the podcast. I'm from North Carolina. But if you ask me in conversation, North Carolina. <laughs> so, OK, yeah, kind of yeah. same thing then. Yeah. On the on the uh, professional side. So we'll, we'll stick with that. But let's see. So you're in Toronto. It's warming up now, I assume. Correct. Yeah, it's really nice out. No more snow, thank goodness. So it's getting pretty warm outside. Um, it's a pretty nice day today. It's actually really sunny. We've gone rain the last couple of days, but nothing nothing major. I've heard good things about Toronto, so I have to check that out one day once the world opens back up, you know? Yeah, definitely. I would definitely put Toronto as like a major spot to visit for sure. Like you, you get the city vibe when you get, go into Toronto, but if you want to visit other areas of Canada, they're absolutely beautiful. I would definitely recommend Alberta. They have uh, Banff National Park, Jasper National Park. So if you're really into like hiking, outdoors and landscapes, that's definitely a place I would recommend going. Mm, that sounds pretty cool actually. Is that the one, there's one that has like the green lake in it in Canada. Yeah it's that one yeah yeah with the like the emerald and like turquoise water it's yeah okay i want to go there that's like on my i have a list of like 50 places that i want to visit half of which i'll probably never get to just (laughs) because it'd be impossible probably but i can i can knock out all of canada in like a two-month trip that'd be pretty sweet yeah definitely i would highly recommend going there it's beautiful you'll definitely have to do a lot of driving um but i would say worth worth doing it you know Okay. Okay. Definitely going to make that happen (laughs) just to kind of just get that list knocked out. So that'd be cool. Um, what about you as far as training goes? Did you go, let's see, what is the, the average path to get into chiropractic school? Do you have, I'm not familiar with the education system there. Is it like us here with undergrad or do you go straight from high school to the professional school? Yeah, for sure. Um, so basically to get into chiropractic school in Canada, you have to do at least three years of undergrad education. Um, I find that most people that come in, like 90% of people that come in have finished their four years of university at least um, in an undergrad. And then uh, when you're almost finished, that's when you would apply um, into the doctor of chiropractic program um, at one of the schools in Canada. So the only English speaking um, chiropractic school in Canada is the one that I attend. It's called the Canadian Memorial Chiropractic College. Um, And there is another one, um, but you have to be uh, fluent in French um, and it's called the L'Université du Québec à Toise-Rivières. So you have to meet those requirements to go there. So basically by the end of it, um, a chiropractor will have a minimum of seven years of post-secondary education and training. So when you apply um, based on like your GPA and everything, you'll get an interview. And then in the interview, they'll ask you questions about yourself, um, topics in chiropractic, research, leadership, and health advocacy. 
and then the top 200 students will get admitted into the program. And like I mentioned earlier, the first to third year are more in class um, with some practical hours. Um, so for example, like some of the courses that we have to take um, in first year and throughout the schooling um, are like histology, biomechanics, neuroanatomy, um, a lot of anatomy, gross anatomy, regional anatomy, orthopedics, just to name a few of them. And then um, after you do those, you go into your fourth year, which is a full 12 month internship um, at one of the chiropractics around the Toronto area. So by the end of it, um, you get about 4,500 hours of clinical education, and that includes your uh, 12 month clinical internship. Sweet. That's that's pretty cool, actually. So like I'm, I'm in the my, my route is sports medicine. And so that sounds like right up my alley with all the hands on like orthopedic stuff and the regional anatomy. I mean, I'm super into that. So that's pretty oh, cool. Very cool. Yeah. And then there's also the option um, that you can do also a residency in chiropractic. So we don't have as many specialties as like MDs, but we do have some of them. So a few of them that uh, the school also offers is clinical sciences. So for that one, it's like um, an interactive experience based on academic and practical multidisciplinary exposure to hospital settings. And you kind of, um, people that do this residency often pursue careers in clinical consulting research, and they also work as scholars. Uh, there's also diagnostic imaging residency. Um, for this one, it's a three-year program and they uh, improve on their image reading skills and academics and teaching research. And then they also actually have a sports science one. Um, so they do a lot of academic preparation, on-field and clinical participation in research. And they um, train these chiropractors be to, uh, to become sports scientists. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I like that a lot. I, I do want to go back to say one thing, though. You said you weren't fluent in French, but you absolutely crushed the pronunciation of that one oh, the other university. Oh, thank you. Like, do you speak whoa. French? No, not at all. Oh. Spanish, but not, not oh, French okay, at okay. all. Um, oh, I guess yeah. my few years of taking French paid off a little bit. Oh, it sounded like you were fluent, so that was pretty cool. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> so it sounds like it's nerve-wracking. If you decide that the chiropractic route and you're not a fluent French speaker, there's only one university available for you in the whole country, you said, right? Yeah, basically, it's pretty wow. nerve-wracking. There's just one and quite a few number, and every year the number of applicants also increases now, so it's getting more competitive, and then... Um, the like GPA requirements are also slowly increasing too and everything. Wow. So it's almost beneficial to learn French just so you can have more places <laughs> to apply. Wow. Yeah, you get that extra little chance, you know, if you wanted to do school in Quebec. That's cool, though. So I'm glad you, you know, hit that top 200 students and you got in and you're on your way. That's awesome. Thank you. Thanks so much. So, so far, what's been kind of your favorite or least favorite classes you've had? Favorite class I'd have to say is chiropractic techniques. So that's the class. Um, it's really neat. So the first time I attended this class, we have like uh, about like five major uh, chiropractic technique classes in this school. So when you go into each class, it's about like 20 to 30 chiropractic tables slash beds. So you go in and then you have partners and the professors will demonstrate and explain the adjustments that we're learning that day and then they're like okay break off and that's when you would practice with your own partner so you're practicing manual techniques on each other so I definitely really enjoy that class because I think I'm more of a hands-on type of person I, I do enjoy learning like the academic aspect behind it but when you get into the hands-on that's where I'm most comfortable so I definitely that would be my favorite class that sounds like uh 
you know, I, I just graduated osteopathic school, so we have the manipulative medicine uh, class, and it sounds just like that. Like you, you walk in, you get paired up, the professor goes over a technique, you break out with your partners, you yank on each other's joints and <laughs> necks and stuff, and then uh, you know go on and learn a couple other techniques. I, I loved that part. Some of the techniques I didn't love, but the I'm not sure if you call it HVLA, like the high velocity, yeah. low amplitude. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what we call it. Yeah. Yeah, I loved, I loved HVLA. Yeah. Giving, like doing it, like practicing it, and also having mm-hmm. it done when it's done correctly is like my mm-hmm. favorite. Um, the soft tissue I, stuff also, but definitely the HVLA. Yeah, I definitely like the HVLA slightly more. Like you can also do mobilizations, which is a, which is like a slower version of it, and it does also provide like the same benefits, but just me like playing sports and everything i kind of like that high velocity more but at the end of the day it's what the patient needs right that's true yeah and i like doing the hvla on like young healthy people i probably won't do it much on like other patients not necessarily because it's wrong especially the neck i'm just super uh scared of you know cranking on like a 50 year old patient's neck you know i would much rather do soft tissue or take them kind of through a range of motion just give them some traction but uh Mm -hmm. Young athletes, though, I'm cranking away. I'm looking, looking forward to that. So, yeah. Um, Do you yeah. guys call it OMT? Is that what it's called? So the class is OPP, Osteopathic Principles and Practices. Okay. When you're doing it, it's OMT. That's Osteopathic Manipulative Therapy. And then right. if someone asks, can you crack my neck, for example, that would be OMM, Osteopathic Manipulative Medicine. So, oh, okay, okay. yeah, a bunch of technology i mean terminology terminology that doesn't really make a difference it's can you crack my neck is pretty much what people are gonna ask so yeah people outside the field so i get that question all the time people are like can you crack my neck but we know like because we study it like that's not even the proper way to really address what's happening but it's kind of funny everyone's like oh can you crack my neck kind of thing or can you adjust my back or whatever it's a cool party trick (laughs) you know it's a good party trick in that sense yeah i was at i was at a bar one time with some friends like non health like medical friends and uh one of my friends was hey can you crack my back and i did the um the full nelson crack and i ended up going around the entire table and doing it for everyone at the table because they were like i I didn't know anyone else but my friend there and he was like he i did for him everyone's like wait will you do it for me will you do it for me i went around like 12 people uh full nelson just cracked in and they were as soon as we were done it everyone's like stretching out it was nice it was a good it was a good bar trick people were looking like what's going on over there i want some of that so. Every time you tell someone you studied chiropractic, that's like the first thing that someone asks you to do. Can you adjust me right now? And like, no matter where you are, that's like the first thing they ask you to do. And the reaction that people have is really funny. You get like the people that are like, whoa, and they kind of like jump. And then you get the people that kind of <laughs> laugh when you adjust them. So it's pretty oh. neat to see people's faces. Yeah, you yeah get, exactly. Oh, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's <laughs> hilarious. Like you said, it doesn't matter where you are. I've been at like bars or something and <laughs> laid, laid someone down across two bar and like crack their neck or like oh HVLA their thoracics um yeah it's funny it's funny people don't care <laughs> they, they just want that crack I like the ones where uh one of the ones I'll do for like young younger patients obviously is I'll just traction the neck and then HVLA on the traction and it crack I mean you'll get like you'll get a um, articulation like way down in the thoracic spine oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. they love people love that one because they're not expecting it <laughs> <laughs> so that one um It'll like echo out of their mouth. That one's yeah. that really good. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I do love that. And it's funny for if, if anyone meets a chiropractic student or chiropractor, it's can you adjust me? And mm-hmm. when they meet a doctor, 
it, or medical student, it's always, I have this cough or I have this like shoulder pain. <laughs> it's yeah. like always, can you look at my shoulder? Can you look at my, like, <laughs> yes, I'll look at your shoulder. <laughs> but, yeah. It's but, always yeah. people, people assume that um, chiropractors are only like back and spine specialists. So they always associate like adjustments with chiropractors, but that a lot of times people don't know that we're also trained uh, trained in the entire neuromuscular system so we can also help people who like sprained an ankle or something or strain a muscle or something along that lines but people always just think back chiropractor mm -hmm. what would be like a hands-on modality for an ankle sprain that you would use uh, hands-on modality um so i still am a student so I, have, I don't know all the research currently but obviously if it's um if it's like a tear, then you can't really do too much for it. That's not something that you can really like, um, cure per se, but you can help with like the pain management of it. So you can help with um, increasing like flexibility and range of motion in that. So you could do things like mobilizations um, if the patient doesn't have any pain. Because at that moment, if they're like an acute uh, patient, I wouldn't really do HVLA. Oh yeah, no. Um, okay. Yeah, that's like too aggressive at that point. So you could do gentle mobilizations, I'd say, is one of the manual techniques that you could do. Okay. I bet that feels so good as a patient too. Um, yeah. I know I had a labrum repair surgery in my shoulder like a oh. long time ago. And the, the best part was during therapy in the early sessions when she would just mm -hmm. range of motion me, passive range of motion. Nice. It felt so good. Um, let me ask you this. <clears throat> in, in your experience, when would... You know, like me as a sports med doc in the future, when would I send someone to like physical therapy versus to a chiropractor? Mm, so we get that question a lot um, of like, what's the difference between a chiropractor and like a physiotherapist? So our education um, is very similar. Like a lot of the things that we do are like the same. The only difference is the level of like education. Like we get longer education. So in Canada, physiotherapists will be in school for two years versus a chiropractor, uh, you're um, in school for four years. And then you also get that designated term of doctor. So um, at the end of the day, um, in my personal opinion, if a patient is comfortable with either like a physical therapist they've seen versus a chiropractor that they've seen that they had good experience with, um, then I would say it's up to the patient um, which route they go to. So if they have like, I guess like it's also like through word of mouth too. If they've heard positive experiences from friends and family, then um, then you could recommend them to go to a chiropractor. And if you know that the chiropractor is um, like focused on patient-centered care, they're using best available evidence, clinical experience to kind of guide them. Um, into like their method of treatment, then that could be someone that you choose to send them to. Okay, so basically send them to you. It sounds like because <laughs> I, I sound like I, I feel like I already trust your judgment. So oh, thank you, thank you. Awesome. By the time I'm finishing re residency and fellowship, you'll probably that's four years from now. You'll be practicing probably. Yeah. So yeah, expect expect a lot of uh, American patients down the road coming from <laughs> wherever all the way to Toronto to see you. Thank you. And if I get American um, patients, I'll definitely send them to you if they need help with sports medicine. All right, perfect. I'll take the Canadian ones too. So, you know, whatever. Oh, for, okay, okay. Perfect, yeah, for sure. Whatever. For sure. I don't discriminate. <laughs> I might give them crap for being Canadian, but other than that, <laughs> I'll be nice. I'll make sure to remind them to expect that when they see you. Yeah, only your tough skinned patients, you know. So. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, so, what, what made you pick chiropractic in the first place? 
So I've always been interested in health and the well-being of others. Um, I knew I wanted to work in the health and medical field from like a pretty young age, I'd say. And I was like always like intrigued and fascinated by the human systems that allow our bodies to function daily. And a lot of the things that we actually take for granted, because we don't think that our body does a lot, but if you really look into it, it actually really does. So being um, like amazed by what our human bodies were programmed to do, um, kind of like gave me something to really think about and kind of like increased my curiosity about it. So I also on top of that I grew up loving science, biology and exercise science that I took in high school. So I chose to do a undergrad in kinesiology which is the study of mechanics of human movement and health sciences. So then uh, attending like anatomy, biomechanics and athletic injury courses it further developed like my passion and about learning the body. And I want to, on top of that, wanted to expand my knowledge more than what undergrad gave me. Uh, also, on top of that, I grew up a pretty athletic kid. I played a lot of sports, really anything that I could play. Like I did gymnastics, swimming, volleyball, soccer, track, cross country. And then I uh, decided to play like competitive basketball and actually ultimate frisbee. So then um, through those, like I attended like provincial, national, international tournaments for both of those sports. Naturally, I injured myself through the years playing both these sports, so I ended up going to the hospital because of fractured like ankles and fingers. So then seeing physios and chiros a lot, um, I also like, uh, I kind of like saw what the impact that they had on me and I know that they helped me a lot to get better and I was exposed to a lot of rehab modalities and manual therapy. So that's when I decided to volunteer and shadow chiropractors. Uh, physios and athletic therapists in clinics and the hospital setting. So I really enjoyed the idea of trying conservative management before using drugs and surgery if possible. And then after um, being a chiropractic assistant and receptionist, um, I saw firsthand how chiropractic and using a multidisciplinary approach of care helped relieve and manage to prevent pain. So I decided um, I wanted to make an impact on people's lives the way all of these people made on mine. That's awesome. So first of all, I need to tell you that you should really go into like policy or politics or something. Cause that's like a super polished answer, especially if that was oh. just off, off the cuff. That's, oh, like, thank you. that's like a super polished answer. And uh, that's also really informative. So that's cool. I think um, it's cool that you had your experiences, unfortunately, like, like the injuries, but that's cool that that led you to your whole future career you know it's like who would have thought that playing ultimate frisbee would lead you to a career you know of yeah enlighten you to your career choice that you wanted so that's pretty cool exactly yeah <laughs> so what are you excited for next like you know you're coming up on your third and fourth year and then practice practicing what are you excited for next i think short term i'm excited about going into my intern year in my fourth year um i'm hoping that COVID-19 kind of like finishes up quickly and I know like that's not something we can have any control over but it's because if we're staying inside a lot then it's going to prevent a lot of like my education because my profession is hands-on and I do need that practice so I want to prepare in my third year so that when I get into my fourth year that's when it changes from like in-classroom training to hands-on training and I'm really excited to be able to like help patients in that way. And they're going to be like your own patients that's pretty cool. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's going to be That's a really cool. neat experience. What about your, you said your class size is 200, right? Yes. I don't know 
you, I may not know this, but for America, but what's like, is that an average class size for a chiropractic school or is that big or small? Uh, honestly, it's hard to say just because, um, this is like the only English speaking, um, like, um, chiropractic school in Canada. But, um, I think the school in Quebec also has like around the same amount. Like I also have a friend that's attending chiropractic school in Texas. I think he also mentioned that his class size was also around 200 too. So I think 200 is pretty standard based okay. on the two schools that I know of. Okay. Yeah. Got you. Um, <laughs> Another question is kind of like, it sounds like you're very well informed about the field. So what are some options for, a, let's say you're a new graduate and you're looking at either specializing or going into practice. What is, what's kind of the scope of practice once you graduate? Um, so the different like routes that you can take, you graduate. So um, you can obviously do the resident pro residency programs um, if you want to. And those are like two to three years. Um, so that's if you want to like further develop your knowledge on top of that and you want to maybe uh, like pursue research, chiropractic research, those could be one of the routes that you go to. Um, other routes that you could go to, you can um, how you could go to an associateship. Uh, you could open your own clinic. You can become a locum chiropractor. So basically all those are just like uh, you can either open your own place. You can um, become one of the chiropractors in a well-established clinic already and you can kind of learn from the chiropractor that already works there and kind of build your like clientele in a way or like learn from someone that's already in the field and then locum is like if you want to be like a temporary chiropractor if for example a chiropractor in a clinic goes on vacation but needs someone to cover then you kind of like step in as like a almost like a substitute teacher you step in as a substitute chiropractor or also you could go into research as well if that's another route some people want to go into okay sweet and what about you what do you kind of see for yourself in the future for me i'm thinking maybe an associateship uh i'm still deciding i definitely do not have the funds and experience to open my own clinic um maybe that's like something down like 15 years down the road or something i definitely want to learn from chiropractors that have already like established clinics in their own community and kind of learn strategies of how like they self-market how they like help their communities and advocate for health i think that would be the best bet for me um it's not for everyone but i think that's the route that i probably would go to okay sweet sweet i like that and then you as a no third year excuse me I was gonna say second year as a third year now you've kind of been through a lot you've had undergrad you had your time in between and how do you think you as a person have changed from undergrad to now uh I'd say now that I've definitely um I think I've become more of a mature person and I think that I've learned to um love learning more than I did before because before I knew I wanted to go into professional school and when you're in undergrad your kind of goal is to like do as well as you can so you want to focus on getting high grades so you take the courses that can help you get high grades and it kind of is unfortunate because you can't really focus on learning as much you can take courses you like but there's also like requirements for different professional programs so you may be required to take things that you're not very fond of so I think that's where like I changed a little bit now I get to like focus on things that I really enjoy and I get to take classes that I do enjoy and I get to like focus more on like manual techniques um, I think also I've learned to become um, more aware of 
to take care of like my mental and physical health. So um, in undergrad, I did, I did play uh, Ultimate Frisbee for my school. So I was pretty active and I did work out like quite a lot. But uh, mental health was not something I really focused on when I was in undergrad. It's just like something that you didn't really talk about. People are like, oh, go meditate. And that's kind of like the gist of what they really told you. But I know like going through professional school now that you really need to make an effort to take care of yourself because no one's really going to be reminding you what to do. It's up to you to be able to juggle your 14 to 15 classes at the same time on top of trying to be healthy. You got to make your own food. And for me, I commute to school. So like I commute like a total of like two hours a day to get to and from school so being able to time manage is huge i would say and then just like knowing when to like prioritize what matters to you has also been something that i've learned over my years wow that's two hours like to and from each day for for school like one hour there and then one hour back yeah oh yeah. man that's tough that really adds a lot of time yeah it's but different than guess... undergrad i also commuted but in undergrad i got to ride the bus so i was able to like do work on the bus versus now i drive so i have to pay attention to traffic so i can't really do much you know yeah i mean i guess maybe you could listen to a lecture or something but that's not great <laughs> that's still not the yeah. same yeah no i've actually done that it's funny that you suggest that i've listened to like microbiology like lectures while driving as nerdy as that sounds just to like prepare for upcoming tests and everything but I've learned that that's not something I really enjoy so I kind of like listen to music instead yeah like we're talking about we're talking about mental health and you just kind of listening to something that's not entertaining that sounds terrible so yeah exactly I think I've learned to like take that ex like that hour of de-stress as I go home like I've already gone through a long day of like an 8 to 7 p.m. day so driving home I kind of just want to relax sometimes I play podcasts or I play like relaxing music to just kind of like calm me down and like let me go through my day yeah absolutely that's cool though so you know at least you're taking full advantage of it it's some people might only get take five minutes to get to school but they don't get any of that kind of benefit of taking a moment for themselves so the car can mm -hmm. be very uh cathartic so yeah for sometimes sure. sometimes it's just annoying but <laughs> yeah <laughs> What about, uh, what do you, what do you do kind of besides just the podcast that's like for your mental health, what kind of things you do to kind of keep yourself calm amongst all the madness of school? Uh, I definitely meditate a lot more now. Um, I downloaded like an online app called Headspace. So I really enjoy that. Um, a professor in undergrad actually, um, told me about it. So I use that. Sometimes I use it just to start my day or, um, end off my day. There's a period of time where I was like, I stuck to it really habitually and I did it every morning or like every night, but I find um, with my schedule, it's really hard to like stand that. So I just meditate when I can. I also found that journaling is really helpful as well. Um, I first tried journaling like with pen and paper, but then I found this other app um, on my phone that was a lot easier called Dailyo. And I kind of used that one to kind of reflect on my day, kind of just write what I've done, any positives, any negatives, and just any thoughts that I have. And I found that to be really, um, like really comforting just to be able to write my thoughts on paper instead of having it in my head. And just to kind of um, self-reflect a little more on my day on like positives and like things that I've been able to do that other people haven't. So just trying to be more aware of myself. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of things that you've done that others haven't playing uh frisbee internationally is definitely an accomplishment in and of itself 
that's pretty cool. Thank you. What is so? What, what got you into frisbee from basketball? You said you started. I think it was basketball, correct? Yeah. So I started with basketball first, actually. So I, I played basketball when I was a kid, and I kind of got a little more interested. So then I decided to play house league. And then when I played house league, I got coaches that kind of encouraged me to try out for competitive teams. So um, they're called like rep teams. So then I played rep for a few years. And then while I played it, we played in tournaments all over um, the province of Ontario. And we attended like provincials every year where we faced other teams against the province. Uh, I also had the opportunity to play uh, AAU basketball uh, for Toronto. And with that team, we went down to the U.S. to compete. Uh, we went to, I think, Kentucky and Illinois. So that was a really cool experience. Um, the tournament that we attended in Illinois was actually hosted by Nike. So that was super cool. There were uh, NCAA scouts um, that came and they kind of watched um, the games and whatever. And it was really neat, but also nerve wracking. I remember with every game that you played, there was a section of chairs designated just for NCAA scouts. So whenever you like saw someone watching there, it was like extra nerve wracking. Cause like, they're like labeled as the coaches versus if they're just kind of like mixed in with the, like in the bleachers or whatever. So that was really neat. And then, um, so I also played in another league where I got to compete in Boston and Minnesota. Um, but then near the end of like my basketball career, if you want to call it, um, I got an avulsion fracture of my lateral malleolus and basically for some reason I took it as a sign to kind of like stop playing competitive basketball. And then I kind of switched over to ultimate Frisbee, um, just cause like I had, um, friends at school that played. Um, so they kind of told me that it was like a really fun sport to play and um, so I just decided because a lot of the skills that I picked up from basketball I was able to kind of transfer it over to frisbee um, and then like also playing like all the sports that I used to play too like I had like kind of like base athletic skills that I was able to transfer over so then I decided to play that in high school and then I joined outside leagues and then through the outside leagues, I had um, some coaches also like kind of encouraged me to like, oh, try out for like competitive teams for Ultimate Frisbee. So for Ultimate Frisbee, instead of calling it rep, we call it like touring. So I toured with a uh, couple Toronto teams. I played for like about like three to four years. And then on top of that, I played um, for my university as, as well. So then um, after playing for those teams, we competed provincially, nationally, and internationally. And every year we attended nationals. Um, like I was mentioning earlier, we got to go to Alberta, which was really cool for nationals, and then also Manitoba. And then internationally, we went to Boston and New York to play. So overall, it was like a really, really cool experience. And I think the absolute like coolest experience that I got to have was um, when I got to represent Singapore's women's team at the World Ultimate Club Championships in Ohio. And I think that was actually the coolest thing that I got to experience playing Ultimate Frisbee. You got to play for the Singapore national team? Yeah, like that's the national sweet. club team. Yeah, thank that's you. That's awesome. That's so cool, yeah. I, I can't imagine. I'm sure that's awesome. And how'd you guys do at the tournament? We didn't perform as well as we did, but honestly, oh, it was it was a wonderful memory. Like the coolest thing I actually experienced was, um, so we played like it was like a huge field, like it looked like a farm almost. There were actually um, I think like fifty plus uh, ultimate frisbee fields, and each field is like the length of like a soccer field, a football field. So there was a lot of green space, but it was really cool because every time you walked up to the line, or like um, 
like the field of a different team playing because it was worlds so you'd have all different countries there so i just remember walking up to lines and hearing like italy scream in italian and then you you can see um and hear greece talking in greek and then there's like spanish going on and it's just that was like the coolest experience that this is the sport that brought us all together into one place and i thought that was absolutely incredible that's so cool yeah that's sweet um you know it's funny I, one thing you said was you had an avulsion fracture from your basketball career uh that i had the same thing not on my oh. lateral malleolus but i had it on my i tore my hamstring and it tore my ischium it broke my ischium so oh, i usually i usually just say i usually just say that i had broke my leg but I, it, it was a hamstring avulsion fracture but uh that was like summer before my senior year so oh. I, I was gonna play that was during lacrosse and i was gonna play lacrosse in college but that kind of got to me and you know, I just kind of, I played, I played club, I played for school again in, in my senior year, but it was kind of like, all right, I don't really want to <laughs> deal with that leg injury. Cause I mean, it was just, I hate leg injuries. It's like, you can't walk, you can't mm-hmm. do anything. Yeah. It's brutal. So yeah, I switched actually kind of like you said, I switched to, I was like, let me do something safer. So I switched to mixed martial arts and I trained that for like five years. <laughs> I got hurt all the time, but I didn't have any more leg injuries, which is good. So I was happy about that. Uh- I think but, I remember you mentioning that before, but it's kind of funny. I was saying it's kind of funny that you went from lacrosse to mixed martial arts because I think, in my opinion, I think that's almost equally, if not more, like aggressive and like hard on the body. So it's kind of funny that you chose that, even though you said you wanted to go to like something less aggressive. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's like in lacrosse, I had shoulder surgery because of my shoulder from lacrosse. And then I also, I, I need it on the other one. I just, I don't want to get surgery again, so I'm not going to get my left done, but uh-huh. the, uh, but I, I didn't get any injuries during MMA in my legs though, but I did break my ribs, had a oh. separated shoulder. I had like a pinched ulnar nerve. I had like a bunch of other stuff go on, but I didn't have any leg injuries. Right. Yeah. Then I go, I go to grad school and I play for the club lacrosse team. So I hadn't played since high school. I played for the club mm-hmm. lacrosse team. So, Tore my ACL. <laughs> so, oh my goodness! <laughs> so lacrosse is all like leg injuries. So, oh. um, but that's so that's so funny because I, I was thinking when I was in the club lacrosse team, you know, our practice field was next to the ultimate frisbee team club's oh. team practice field, and those guys were like, we were really intense. Like we were really good and we were really intense. We took practice really seriously, you know, everything. But those guys and girls were <laughs> so intense. I mean, they had like agility ladders and you know cones and all these different stations for training and stuff and we would kind of just like you know typical 45 guys on the field talking junk to the other team and they'd be like you guys want to go you guys want to go <laughs> like they, they they didn't care they were ready to fight so we were oh. like no i don't think we want to fight you guys <laughs> that's too funny yeah you get you always get the people that don't think ultimate frisbee is a sport and then they make jokes about it but until you attend one of the practices that we have and we play outside in the scorching heat that's when you can start talking about us. I really realized how intense it is. I mean, they had an agility coach. They had, like, a throwing coach. They had, like, the head coach. I mean, it was a serious, serious squad, and that was just the club team. I can only imagine, like, a competitive league or something like that that you were in, so. Oh, yeah, you, you definitely get, like, your fair share of coaches. Like, I know we've had, like, strength coaches and stuff like that, and they kind of come teach you and, like, help condition you, and then we also get, like, those agility ladders that you're mentioning, like, we do all of that as well, and we really focus on, like, cardiovascular health, because, like, you gotta run a lot, because it's, like, like, I know I played basketball, and, like, you get, like, it's, like, a little different, in my opinion, because, like, the field is so much bigger, so I feel like you're running a lot more by the end of it, because games are, like, 
like your average game is like 90 minutes outside so it's it's Oof. pretty intense yeah yeah and it's like frisbee so i'm so i'm assuming it's big time in like the states where it's you know very sunny which means it's gruelingly hot probably so and oh, then yeah. playing I'm, it in the cold i mean it's still hard too for the cold it's a little different um we would mostly go um, inside and play in domes like soccer domes because they can't really play outside when it's like snowing and everything so we would move it um inside but the main competitive season i'd say is like mostly in the summertime when you can get field outside Oh, so you guys got lucky. You had the benefit of going inside. That's nice. Not to yeah. make it sound soft. It's just like, like you said, you can't really play in the snow. You can't. I feel like the frisbee would be different in the rain. You know, so it's it's not as different. Oh, actually, we do play in rain. So the the like we do play in rain. The only time that you have to stop is when there's lightning, because then that's unsafe, and you got to stop. And when there's like thunder and everything. But we play um, when it's pouring rain. I remember attending tournaments where it's literally pouring like cats and dogs, but you're still required to keep playing. The, um, you kind of like learn along the way that you got to throw the Frisbee a little different when it's raining. You got to be more protective of the Frisbee, like when you catch it, because it can slip, right? Because it's wet. So it's definitely different playing outside when it's raining, when it's windy versus when it's like clear, perfect, like skies outside, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's cool. That's cool. I know like for lacrosse with the, the nets you know when it rains it's the freaking worst because they just bag out because the the rope gets so heavy and you're trying to throw and it's just spiking into the ground or it's going like 10 feet in the air and or you're just like sliding around in the ground in the mud so it's yeah it's it's different like like you said um obviously for thunder and lightning we have to stop too because we're holding metal rods so it's like we don't (laughs) conducting rod basically oh yeah. yeah oh for sure yeah so it's funny what skills from basketball kind of helped you convert into uh ultimate frisbee uh i'd say a lot of like my like offensive and defensive like like uh, skills i'd say like being able to like know when you have to convert from offense to defense and if there's like um a change of play kind of thing because the way you play defense in basketball is kind of similar of how you play it in frisbee you're obviously protecting um like your 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 um your end zone so um like in basketball you're kind of protecting the net the the bucket so you got to put yourself in between the basketball and the person uh but in frisbee like it's a little similar so like i was able to pick up skills there and then also on like on offense like skills like in basketball when you like jab or like when you're like trying to like push off and bring yourself momentum to go forward you use a lot of the similar skills um in that sense in frisbee as well so i was able to kind of convert some of the things i learned there to pick up frisbee a little bit faster in my opinion mm. sweet that's cool yeah i mean coming versus someone coming into it and having never played anything before so that's cool yeah um what were, what were the other you said you played a couple other sports too what were the other ones uh, I played like volleyball, I did track, cross country, um, but those are like just like things you kind of play in high school just for fun. What was the sport, what was the story with your friend who got injured pretty badly? Oh, that was actually in Ultimate Frisbee as well. Um, one of um, my friends from Ultimate Frisbee, so she was attending um, a tournament in the U.S. and she was playing against like a really, really aggressive um, player and um they were just like it was like not it was not a good matchup i think um and from what i remember that she told me was that i think she was bidding for a frisbee and then she 
I think she got um, almost like trampled on on top because the other player was like not playing really nicely and she punctured her lung and she got a pneumothorax and that is pretty insane because a lot of people think that frisbee is like super safe super chill but sometimes things happen and people don't expect it with rx which i think is pretty insane yeah i mean i feel like it's supposed to be safe you know but then you have some yeah. jerk like that you know doing whatever playing like a like a jackass it's like that hurts <laughs> someone you know that's terrible yeah it's supposed to be a non-contact sport but that's why we have like sometimes we have um like officials that come and kind of help regulate the game in a way but the sport is very like self-regulated ourselves so you have to have like good sportsman good sportsmanship to like um, regulate yourself and know the rules and everything too that's crazy man wow well i'm glad hopefully she's okay now yes she's she's good now she's good yeah okay good good to hear so um let me ask you a different question when you were younger what did you get in trouble for as a kid Oh, goodness. Um, let me <laughs> it's think. one of my favorite questions to ask. <sighs> I'm trying to think. Um, honestly, I didn't really get in trouble for a lot of things. I was pretty, like, your typical, like, goody two-shoes. I tried to stay out of trouble. So, honestly, I could say I don't really remember any major issues that I got in trouble for. That's actually a good thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was the opposite, so it's uh, it's probably made your childhood a lot more smooth <laughs> than mine. So yeah, that's cool, that's good. Um, yeah, I, uh, you know, my parents definitely were whatever you know, messed. Up. I think my parents were very fair in like whatever the the crime was, the punishment was accordingly, you know, given accordingly. So, but I definitely caught my fair of, share of you know spankings and timeouts and everything else, and I kind of just. I kind of got immune to it, I think. So I just kept acting up as a kid. So I don't know. It's kind of dumb. I could have just acted right and would have been fine. But I was Do you rebellious. think it would have been different if they were a little more strict? They were pretty strict. Like, they were fair, but they were strict. Oh, and okay. I think that's why I acted up. It was only oh. at home, too. Like, at school, I was good. I was just hyper at school. So I got in trouble for being hyper. But oh, I never okay. got in trouble for, like, stealing or, you know, like, doing, like, graffiti or anything stupid like that. I just... Oh, I was just talk a lot and that would get me in trouble at school but at home it would be like just like sneaking candy or you know i don't know playing playing video games at night when i'm supposed to be asleep or watching movies i wasn't like i was watching i used to sneak and watch r-rated movies and like horror (gasps) flicks and stuff and you know my parents would catch it got like an idiot i'd leave it in the vhs player rookie move i mean rookie rookie move move. come on total total freshman move there so um yeah, that was like kind of my thing. And it would just be like, all right, well, you're in trouble, you know, <laughs> go get a belt or go sit in your room or, you know, go. Uh... Mine wasn't, I didn't have to sit in my room because I was like where all my toys were. Mine okay. was, I was afraid. So when I was little, I was afraid of like walking by the stairwell because I was always afraid that if I was like upstairs or downstairs, I'd look up and there'd be a monster at the top of the stairs oh or the bottom goodness. of the stairs. So when my mom, <laughs> my mom knowing that my time out would be, I'd have to sit at the bottom of the stairs with my back <gasps> the top of the stairs oh my goodness I would would just be terrified for like 10 minutes I would just sit there like like that's more like psychological fear you know I I think that's almost even worse actually I know because I I got used to the the spankings pretty quick you know I toughened up but like I would just sit there and I'd be like she's gonna you're gonna sit there for 10 minutes and after like three minutes of me crying she would be like get over here quick get over there (laughs) get away (laughs) get out of timeout so 
then of course I adapted to start crying early and then she would I think she caught on that I was just <laughs> crying to get us so, you know she's she's an adaptive woman so oh, the punishments just kind of funny adapted with my you know <laughs> as I grew they grew so then as I got older it was like we're gonna take money from you that's that's your main motivator so <laughs> that's yeah. too funny at least you didn't do anything major you know I never did anything like wreck the house with a party or drive the car into a lake or anything stupid like that but I had friends who did and they got you know <laughs> they, they got in trouble too but oh, I never did anything like that so okay. mine good. was just more petty <laughs> petty petty crimes so yeah, <laughs> at the house um what if you were if you weren't doing chiropractic what do you think you would be doing right now um I think I'd probably pursue something maybe in like sports psychology um I kind of took a class in university and I thought it was super interesting um and I know they offer a couple like undergrad programs in Ontario but they're mostly like master's programs or something um I think that's something I would pursue because I think um everything learning about like growth mindset like I think it's super applicable to not just sports but also to like human life and how you approach like adversities and how you kind of like change from that so I think that's something that I was really interested and I'd probably pursue that if I wasn't doing chiropractic sweet yeah that'd be pretty awesome actually that's a cool field that's a field I think you can really get passionate about and stay passionate about so that's awesome yeah like a lot of people don't understand that like sports have a big like mental component to it like like people now are now realizing that and they try to like encourage to do like visualization exercises before you like perform your sport like I know we did some of that when I did some of my ultimate frisbee training and I think that's helped you and then also like learning to control your emotions while you're in the game is also really important that I think um, sports psychology also um, teaches you about which I think is super neat that's awesome. I like that a lot. Yeah, that's a cool field. Maybe you can uh, kind of integrate that somehow into your practice down the road. Yeah, I think I'll try to do that. What about this question? If you could pick any superpower, what would it be? Superpower? Hmm. Maybe something like teleportation? Like, uh, I think that'd be really cool because I really enjoy traveling. So if I could teleport, then I could get to all the places I can get that I want to faster. And then I wouldn't have to pay pay for airfare. You would save so much money and time on your uh, on your uh, commute each day too. Yeah, for sure. Wouldn't have to take two hours, you know. Yeah, exactly. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, we've been chatting for about an hour. Uh, went by pretty fast, huh? Yeah, really quick actually. So I usually ask four wrap up questions to every guest. So I'll ask you those, and then we'll get you out of here. How about that? Yeah, sounds good. All right. So the first question is, has chiropractic school been what you expected? Uh, I would say uh, yes and no, because um, I was expecting it to be difficult. Like as I was applying, um, I was talking to some chiropractors and they were kind of like, like reminding me that like chiropractic school is really hard. And I, and I said, like, I know, like I'm up for the challenge and everything, but um, I didn't know that it'd be as difficult as it was until I got into it. Like, I, I feel like you, you can't really fully understand it until you're experiencing yourself. So learning how to like balance 15 courses at the same time was definitely something I didn't expect to be doing. Cause I knew we'd take a lot of courses and you get like a lot of class hours, but I didn't expect 15 courses at the same time and going to school from like eight to seven sometimes and having like 40 hour weeks. So that part I didn't expect, 
and then also um something that i thought was really cool that we got to do that a lot of people don't expect us to do is we had like really cool anatomy labs too with cadavers so that was really neat so i think like overall to answer the question like both yes and no of what chiropractic that i was expecting hmm. okay yeah i mean same i, I you know there were so many pluses and minuses that were things I didn't expect at all or expected kind of like just being overwhelmed and overworked and exhausted all the time. I expected that, but not to the extent that I was. So yeah, for sure. Um, I could totally relate to that. But at the same time, like the people I met and like the friends I made, I expected to make friends, but not like as such a strong bond because you go through hell together. So you just, um, you just, you know, you kind of just form this really cool bond. Yeah, uh, I, t- I totally agree. One of my classmates actually from he's leaving Florida today to drive to his residency in Michigan and he's going to stop by North Carolina and stay with me tonight. So it's like oh, I get to see him oh, that's one so last awesome. time. Yeah, oh, nice. I haven't seen him in months. It's been like four months since I've seen him. So and like we go from seeing each other 10 for 15 hours a day, every day, seven days a week to not seeing each other at all during like fourth year. It kind of sucks. So. Oh, that should so, be yeah. really nice then to like catch up and everything. Oh, yeah, I'm super excited. He's just like. So I'm I'm like short. I'm five seven. He's like this six three huge Polish kid. So our, <laughs> when we stand next to each other, it just looks funny. But he's one of my best friends. So I'm excited to see him again. Oh, that's um, awesome. <laughs> so, in your opinion, as a successful third year medical or chiropractic student, what is, in your opinion, keys to success in chiropractic school? Uh, I'd say there's like multiple keys, um, like skills that. Um, like any chiropractic student should have, like is having like strong time management skills. Um, Cause like I was mentioning before, you're gonna have like 15 courses at once and you're gonna have to learn how to like study for each of these courses and be able to like keep up with all the assignments and all the practicals that you have. Um, and like building on that organization skills because you're gonna have all these, you're gonna have to know how to like organize your notes and just organize your life um, to stay on track. Um, I would also say developing a passion for learning, definitely, because you have to be in school for a really long time. Like you've already gone through undergrad and you're going through another four years of chiropractic school. So you really have to love what you're doing to stay in it. And it's not for everyone, which is okay. But I think if you're going to stay in it, it's like lifelong learning that you're going to have to do. So that's an important skill that you need. Um, And then making sure you persevere in what you do, because... There are times that you may fail and that's totally okay. Like what's important is that you learn to like pick yourself up after that and you ask for help and then you kind of do better from that. Cause I think that's also really important that a lot of people don't learn cause in undergrad, you're just really focused on getting like the high grades to get into professional school, but you have to, you have to like failing is an opportunity to learn. So I think that's something that everyone needs to um, realize. And then also just like little skills, uh, like little keys of like making sure you get enough sleep, making sure you're feeding your body and then prioritizing like your mental and physical health. Okay, got you. Awesome. Awesome advice pretty much, you know, to anyone. This next question is along those lines, you know, as a third year student looking back to maybe younger chiropractic students or even, you know, those in undergrad trying to get into chiropractic school, what is your advice to them? Uh, I would say um, not being scared to ask for help if you need it. Um, knowing and like realizing you need help is a pretty big step. Like you're being pretty, you're like you're being really brave to to recognize that you need that help and asking for it is really important too. Because a lot of people have like an ego and they don't think they need help, but 
this is like the time that you ask for help. Like this is where you learn. Um, advice that I learned from one of the awesome chiropractors at my school, Dr. Kim Ross, he said that um, chiropractic school is like keeping your foot on the pedal. So what he meant by that is um, you're going to always have to be doing something in car school whether that's um doing homework or studying for an exam or something but you don't want to keep your foot all the way down like gassing it full speed ahead because then you're going to burn out so just like keeping it light on top of it is like really good to just get you through chiropractic school um i'd also say like mentioning what i did before like prioritizing your mental and physical health um meal prepping i think is really important um something that I learned because I commute a lot. So meal prepping saves me a lot of time. Um, I made a post about this recently on my Instagram, actually, um, future.dc.jesse. And meal prepping saves me so much time because some of the days you're at school from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. And on those days, I pack breakfast, lunch, and dinner to school. So instead of like wasting money or eating unhealthy foods, I'll just bring all the food with me. And also the study style that you have will change from what it was in university. How you study for some courses will totally change and it'll just be very different. And it's more of like a trial and error kind of experience. So that's something you'll learn along the way. So you have to be patient and be willing to adapt. Awesome. Yeah, sweet. I got nothing to add to that. I <laughs> just take, take <laughs> note and listen. That's good advice. And then the last question is, if you woke up tomorrow and you were 10 years old, and you had to do everything over again to get back to where you are today, would you do it all over again? I think my answer would be yes. Um, if somehow I could like bring knowledge that I've learned up until today to when I was 10 years old, I'd totally say yes. Like, is that allowed? <laughs> so you wake up, you know everything you know, you just can't go like invent Google or like, you know, do something like that. But yeah, yeah. You, can, uh, you have everything you know about today. Yeah, then I'd, I'd totally do it. I'd totally do it. I'd, I'd know how to take care of myself better while going through school. And like, so yeah, I think I'd totally do it again. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah, I would too, especially with that knowledge. I think that could be awesome. So yeah, that's sweet. So that's all I have. I feel like I grilled you the whole time though. So if there's anything you want to talk about, anything you want to share or ask me, let me know. Yeah, I was wondering like, what made you decide to become a medical doctor? So... It's weird. My story is kind of a little twisty and turny too. Like when I was a kid, it was the same as like every other kid. It's like, oh, I saw a show. I want to be a doctor. Then I got older and it was like, I still actually now want to do that for sure. I wanted to do um, trauma surgery or cardiothoracic surgery. And that's all I shadowed in undergrad and high school, excuse me. And I was like, all right, this is awesome. I want to go into that. So I pursued it. But then my senior year of high school, I just like changed my mind. I don't know. I don't remember what changed my mind, but I decided that I wanted to do engineering and do um, water purification in developing countries. That was like what I wanted to do. And so I started college. I did chemical engineering for two and a half years and it just wasn't my kind of science. I just I actually like hated that kind of science. It's just not interesting to me. And my brain doesn't really work that way. So mine is more of like the biological sciences. So I switched, went back to pre-med and yeah, it was just my passion for it grew as I got back into the sciences, as I did research for a couple of years and then worked in research after college. And it just kind of grew and grew until I was like, all right, well, for beyond the fact that all I have is a degree that can help get me into med school. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think this is definitely the path that I want to take. And yeah, I definitely don't regret it now that I'm out, 
But if you had asked me maybe like first or second year, I would have maybe said, wow, this kind of sucks. I wish I had gone into business or something. But I think now that I'm out and about to start residency in a couple of weeks, I'm super excited. So I think I definitely made the right choice. That's awesome. I think it's really cool that you got to um, try different routes just to like make sure like you're on the right path and then also like developing it more through research. I think that's really neat. Yeah, it was fun. And like the research, I thought at one point I wanted to do research as well, but then I think that time also helped me understand that, no, I don't want to do like bench work research. I want to do kind of more clinical. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's all a journey to get to where you need to be and not, not only where you want to be, but where you need to be. And I think I'm somewhere on a path that will lead me to where I need to be in order to be happy and, you know, feel accomplished and not miserable day to day at work. So I think that's important to like find a job that you are passionate about and to go in every day, like super excited about what you're doing. Yeah, that's the hope. Um, residency, <laughs> I think, will be like that to an extent. A residency is so is so broad, though, that there's going to be certain rotations that I'm just not interested in. But I'll do my best. You know, it'll be something that you never know when labor and delivery might come in hand in the future. So, or you know, pediatric rotations might come in hand in the future. So I'm going to learn everything I can and just try to knock it out of the park. I don't want to. I don't want to be the type that's like, oh well, I'm not going to do this in the future, so I'm just going to half-ass it. I want to definitely put forth the absolute best effort I can for everything so that's the plan we'll see what happens so um, yeah we'll see we'll see I'm excited though I'm excited for you too to kind of get through the classroom stuff and get your hands on real patients and have your own patients and then do your thing as a practicing DC I'm excited for you thank you yeah I'm super excited about that too and I'm excited for you too you're gonna you're gonna be an awesome doctor I appreciate it. I hope so. I hope to. I hope I can uh, do that, do it well. So we'll see. Um, anything else you wanted to drop or any other questions you had? Uh, no, I think I'm good. Well, I really appreciate your time. Uh, I uh, You're the first student I've had. I actually interviewed a student who's about to start chiropractic school uh, a few weeks ago. And then you're my first like current student and then I also have one next week with a current practitioner so I'm kind of excited to get the full spectrum of your field so that's cool oh, and thanks that's for awesome. being so thanks for being a guest I really appreciate it I know you're busy with school well, actually you're not busy you're on break so I oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's cool but yeah thanks so much for being a guest I can't thank you enough thank you so much for having me on this podcast and I'd love to have you on like in a year or so catch up see how everything's going and just kind of see how you've grown and developed even more so that'd be yeah, awesome. Yeah, of course. I'd totally love to do that. All right, sweet. Well, Jesse, thank you so much. And yeah, I hope you have a great Sunday. Enjoy yourself and enjoy your time off. Thanks so much. You too. All right. Have a good one. Bye. You too. Bye. All right. That was Jesse, third year chiropractic student. Thank you so much for tuning in. And to those in the game and those on their way up, keep grinding and don't let anyone take your dream away from you.